0: Welcome. Welcome in. If you have not seen this movie, you probably shouldn't be here, but with that said, let's review Lady Bird. Spoilers. I just reviewed a coming-of-age tale in the form of a psychological thriller two film reviews ago, Black Swan. This time, I'm reviewing a coming-of-age tale in the form of a dramedy. A relatively light-hearted dramedy. This was my favorite movie of 2017. Didn't know anything about it. I just knew Greta Gerwig Gerwig was directing. This is her solo directing debut. So I went to see this movie in theaters, and then I saw it again and brought friends, and then I saw it again and brought my parents. I was like, you guys have to watch this movie. Greta Gerwig had acted, starred actually, and half-directed a movie prior to this. But this this movie is hers. This is her solo project, and I, and she's directing the Barbie movie next. So I love to see her career is elevating with each project, and I love that. Saoirse Ronan plays Ladybird, and I have such a mad crush on Sersha Ronan, and I have ever since I saw this movie. Lori Metcalf plays the mom, Marion. I have to say that this is one of the realest portrayals of a mother that I've ever seen. There's a line in this movie that she says that is so out-of-touch mom, which is the character that she's playing. She says a line like, uh, it just makes me laugh! And it's so cringy how she says it, but I know that Lori Metcalf, she knows that women like this exist, and she's just acting the part. I don't ever believe, I wouldn't buy that Lori Metcalf would say the line like that in her real life. I wish... Laurie Metcalf would just literally play that character in all of her movies. I would watch- I would never get tired of that. Even though I would despise her character if I met her in person. So that's kind of the meta aspect of this. Tracy Letts plays Larry, the dad. Lucas Hedges is Danny. Timothy Chalamet is Kyle. <laughs> and Beanie Feldstein Steen is Julie. Beanie Feldstein is the sister to another really famous actor. But I cannot remember right now. Is it one of the guys from Big Bang Theory? I feel like I'm right. I don't know. Again, this is a coming-of-age tale. I'm so happy it exists. I applaud it for how grounded the dialogue and the environment are. Lady Bird is such an emotionally rich movie, I can't even cover everything that I want to because if I did this would be over an hour long. It feels like every scene I'm experiencing real emotions, which I can't say for every movie that I watch. We open on Lady Bird and her mom in the car on the way to college for Lady Bird to attend. I'm gonna say that name a lot, okay? Greta Gerwig establishes both of these women as being similar right away. The audiobook that they're listening to has them both crying. They're affected in the same way by the same thing. That dissipates and we pretty quickly see that that is like one of the few similarities that they actually do have. Their personalities clash. It starts off small. The ladybird wants to turn on the radio after the audiobook has ended. It's been a five hour trip. With the audiobook going the whole time, she wants to turn on the radio, and the mom just wants to sit and, like, soak in what we just heard. They're ending the trip, she just wants it to be kind of like a, like, relish in what we just went through with those five hours. I lean a little bit more towards the mother's perspective on that, in not needing to go from one source of entertainment to the next, to the next, to the next just sit in it for a while. But Lady Bird can't stand the silence. It only lasts for a few seconds before she says something like, uh, I wish I could live through something. And the mom's like, you're not right now? She blatantly says what she desires, Lady Bird does, which is very important for us to know early in the movie. She says she never wanted to go to school in California. She wants to study on the East Coast. Her mom brings up all the ways that that wouldn't work financially. Her grades, it just wouldn't. And Lady Bird is shooting back all of her, her own thought of solutions. The tone of the movie goes from, uh, to, oh my gosh, real quick. It just escalates. The mother's like, you'd never be able to get into any of these schools, can't even pass your driver's test. She's pulling out the big guns to get her point across, and that's what causes Lady Bird to dip out, (laughs) out of the moving vehicle when her mom starts ranting. And I love Lori Metcalf's acting because her shriek, her scream that her daughter just jumped out the freaking moving car. I'm not watching an actress. I'm watching a mother losing her child or fearing for her child's life. I don't even know if they were like, can you like, scream horrifically in your audition, please. Like, I don't know how they got that from her or how many takes she had to do. I would love to see just the, okay. All right, and action. Ah! All right, and cut. (laughs) Lady Bird is finishing up her last year of Catholic, Catholic high school. She has a broken arm now, which helps to understand Lady Bird's disdain for her own state, side of the country. She wants to be on the way opposite side for understandable reasons, on her way home from school with her friend Julie, they see this beautiful blue home in this fancy neighborhood. This is another want and desire of Ladybird's. Not only a want and desire, but also a discontentment with where she's really at. That's such a big theme in this movie: is is discontentment with your current situation and where you come from and where you're going. Then Ladybird is writing in. in the car with her dad having the same conversation she was having with her mom but this conversation is a little bit less chaotic and brief the mom cares too much the dad is too nonchalant about which college she goes to the dad says i'm just happy to be anywhere we see ladybird develop a crush on a boy auditioning for the play that she's also auditioning for then they have rehearsals for the play and this this scene always breaks my heart the instructor sits everybody in a circle who wants them to close their eyes and see who the first one is to cry. They all close their eyes. Within 10 seconds, the instructor breaks out crying. Breaks down, crying, And all the students are like, uh, we're the actors. And it's so tender, because he's like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. But him crying like that, you just sit back and you go, ah, oh, what a rough life this dude is having. Even though it's a character, I get really invested. He's such a small part in this movie, he's a big guy, but a small part. And I, I become very invested. Which, again, is not always the case for movies that I watch, I'm not always invested. So him feeling like you are ruined this exercise, but really he revealed himself to the class and the power of acting to the rest of the class. Lady Bird turns her crush into a relationship with this guy Danny, played by Josh something. There's an endearing moment where they kiss and Lady Bird shrieks in excitement afterwards. Being accepted or noticed by boys is new to her and only just now happening in senior year for her. A few scenes later, Danny and Ladybird confess their love for one another, so it's moving fast. It's an ignorant love. We, we'll come to find out. But this is all new territory, and it's thrilling. It's attention. High schoolers want attention. I am such an attention whore myself <laughs> that in- I mean, I'm much better now, but in high school, I had to be the center of attention at all times. Which translates into 9 million followers on TikTok. 9.2. One scene, a small scene, that encapsulates perfectly the whole relationship between Lady Bird and her mother. Well, okay, no, I did write this down. The mother and daughter relationship as a whole is being put on screen between these two characters, through these two characters, but actually it's, it's a real relationship between mother and daughter that I've even witnessed. They're at a thrift store and the mom says a few passive-aggressive things to Lady Bird, dragging her feet, oh what's that, you know. Lady Bird calls her out going, why don't you just say what you want to say. Just say the aggressive part. Don't be passive about it. (laughs) And so they're like, oh my gosh, you're so infuriating. And then the mom pulls out this dress on a hanger and they're both like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. (laughs) The bipolar aspect of their relationship is what I'm talking about. It's something only those two could really understand between their bond, but it looks antagonistic and a little toxic to an outsider. When Danny visits to pick up his now girlfriend, the brief conversation he has with his mom is just rough. He's like, Oh, Ladybird always said that she lived on the wrong side of the tracks. And then coming here, I, you know, I saw that there are actually tracks. This kills the mom. Ladybird is denouncing her home. She's denouncing where she comes from wrong side of the tracks. That would be so hurtful to hear uh, as the mom. So it turns out that Danny's grandma lives in the big home that Lady Bird was gawking over earlier in the film. She, Lady Bird, even ends up lying to another friend later on saying that that house is hers. That ends in a pretty embarrassing situation for her. She wants to come off as more wealthy, more popular. We all understand. We've done stuff like that before too. I hope. (laughs) Like, I'm only 180 pounds. She doesn't get her parents yet. She thinks she does, because every high schooler does. She also has two adopted si- siblings that are older than her. And it takes the adopted daughter to tell Ladybird how much she, the adopted daughter, admires the mother. Because she took her in when she didn't have her own parents. Ladybird's mom took her in. And Ladybird is caught off guard by this. She didn't know how much her own mother was admired by other people cause she knows how she feels about her mom, but this almost starts a second guessing of, am I right about my mom? They have the first showing of their high school play and it goes, okay, the director's pissed cause he's like, they didn't understand it. What's new for an artist, you know? The cast of the play is out celebrating. Julie and Ladybird have to use the women's bathroom but there's a super long line so they decide to go into the men's bathroom. That is where they find Danny making out with another man. This rocks her world. I mean, she is being cheated on by, uh, by Danny. And there is a scene of closure that she has with Danny, too. It's really sad. He, he comes to the realization that he is homosexual, and he just sobs in her arms. And so now, now it's not like, oh, we're ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend. It's more like, we're just friends, and I'm consoling you because you're going through some crisis. Soon after that, she's working at a coffee shop as a, as a barista and she sees a band member from a party she was at, Timothy Chalamet. I remember seeing him for the first time in this movie. I see him and I go, that is my idea of what women gawk over. Every image, I mean, every detail of his clothing, his hairstyle, he's a band member, tall, dark and handsome, mysterious, usually reading. He's just set apart from other men around and I could tell this dude is gonna blow up. And look at Timothy Chalamet. Now. His career has skyrocketed. It is funny though that even though he is the spitting image of the perfect guy, Lady Bird and Kyle have sex. Kyle finishes in like three seconds, which is totally subverting your expectations because you just kind of imagine him to be this playboy, and he is, but not in the way that he would probably want to be. Like he lied to her. He said that he is a virgin just like her, which wasn't true at all. She thought the experience was special, but it was just a regular hookup, like he's done six times prior. That makes his picture-perfect image come to—I mean—come crumbling down in Ladybird's eyes. Ladybird writes an essay for school about San Francisco, which is where she lives, and the principal <coughs> is really impressed with with her paper. She goes, "You made you made it sound like you love San Francisco," and Ladybird is like, "What? I was just describing it." She's clearly stated she can't stand the city and the principal or the nun or she's not a nun What do you call the highest nun? <laughs> she, the nun is like no you you may have described it But you described it with love the city of San Francisco I feel like that gets the ball rolling for Lady Bird to go. Oh, man Maybe I'm thinking about my mom the wrong way. Maybe I'm thinking about my city through this incorrect, dirty lens. Sponsored by Dodge Broth. Not really. Now it's time for prom. I think Ladybird is still with Kyle just for the attention, just for the clout, and uh, they're on their way to prom. Plans change. Kyle's like, why don't we go over to this dude's house and just bail on prom? Ladybird's reaction is like, okay, okay, no prom. She's, like, clearly processing the change of plans because I think she really wants prom. And I love she just sits there for a few seconds in silence and then goes, I-I want to go to prom. But then she kind of changes her mind and she wants to go to Julie's house, her friend's house, And, and she spends prom with her best friend. So there's that rekindling of that friendship there. I like that aspect of it too, showing how certain people can- we- certain people that we love can take a back seat, to the unimportant people that we place as important in our lives. Like Dial, what? Danny and Kyle were unimportant. They were empty pursuits and she's figuring this out. Now she's graduating. She's been accepted into a decent college. She's at dinner with family celebrating. Danny comes up and he keeps, this is the second time now, just like either quoting something of Lady Bird or asking her about something in front of her family that was private. Because Lady Bird and her dad are secretly applying to a bunch of different colleges on the East Coast without the mom knowing. Danny comes up and goes, hey, have you heard back from, you know, those applications? And the dad goes, ah, shit. (laughs) Ah, and then that scene afterwards of her just begging her mother to talk to her when she's being given the silent treatment. Her mom's just washing the dishes, and she's like, mom, mom, talk to me. Towards the end of the movie, Ladybird is now leaving California to travel to her new side of the country, her new school. Her mom does not get out of the car at the airport. Ladybird gets out, the mom just leaves. She just drives off, the camera stays with the mom. As her emotion starts welling, like, what did I just do? She makes a big U-turn, but by the time she gets back and parks, gets inside, Lady Bird's already gone. That scene legitimately... breaks me. Every time. Because of the amount of goodbyes that I've had at airports, that, with an extra layering of emotional distress involved in the scene, I can't help but cry about it. Relational turmoil is so real and experienced by everyone, I cannot believe how realistic Greta Gerwig was able to portray some of these relationships, situations, and heartbreak. I love how this movie tackles relationships to family, to crushes, to her religion, to boyfriends, girlfriends, to your hometown, to school in general, college. It's real, it's relatable, and depicts all of those in its 94-minute runtime. Lady Bird even tells somebody at college, at her new college, that she's from Sacramento, not San Francisco. Somebody goes, wait, where? Because they're at a party. And then she thinks about it and she goes, San Francisco. She says the name of her home. I'm from San Francisco. Meaning that she is finally accepted. Where she's from, she might even miss it. And she does truly have love for it, even though she thinks she might not. She even visits a Catholic mass at the end, kind of going back to her roots a little bit. Then she leaves her parents a voicemail, speaking specifically to her mother, apologizing making sure that her mother knows how much she loves her. Then she looks around her new city, feeling lost. She's just walking uh, mindlessly? Aimlessly? The paradise that she was seeking is actually the place that she was born and raised. Not the East Coast, like she thought. Her home in California is her true home, and her realizing that at the end is the whole movie. A film reviewer that I watch named Chris Stuckman describes the writing of this movie to be unique in the sense of starting scenes before the audience we arrive. Meaning the first scene in the, in the car, Ladybird and her mom are five hours into a trip, meaning that they are just ending it. Most movies would show the packing, the getting in the car, the travel montage across state lines. Ladybird just starts, just puts you inside mid conversation, even sometimes with these scenes, which allows for some of these moments to feel real like we're a fly on the wall. My favorite aspect of this movie is is that it's not a love story. It's not a romantic drama between Ladybird and a boyfriend where they break up, get back together. It's not. She has two boyfriends throughout this movie and another best friend. Those relationships, as well as the ones with her mother and father. this film is about those relationships in whatever tragedy or comedy they may bring, which is so close to real life, Greta Gerwig held up a mirror to the audience with this movie, which is why it will be in my top 10 favorite films of all time for a very long time, until something knocks it out. You don't know what you have until it's gone. That, in one sentence, sums up this whole movie. Sweat the small details of life. Because those details will be what you miss when they're gone. So, yeah, that's my review. Thank you guys for being here. Peace.